Hi, Olga. Welcome to our show, Lights, Camera, B2B. We have just uh, sort of renamed it and changed the air a bit. So you're our first guest to it. And uh, welcome, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, oh my God. So first, I'm super excited to be the first one. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Not yeah, at all. But thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, happy to be here. Perfect, perfect. So I guess I'll just get into it because I'm very excited. And uh, since it's going to be some new topics around all B2B, so I'm very excited to hear from you. So please tell me about, first of all, yourself, what brand you work for, what, what, what is it that you're doing? Please tell us. Yeah, I do marketing in IT. I've been doing it for more than 14 years now. Sounds like wow. a, a long time. Uh, but yeah, I'm still here. And uh, I've done like startups, high growth companies, enterprise, when my main focus has been IT on the global scale. And most recently, uh, I've been leading the digital marketing department in SEMrush. And for oh. those who ha haven't heard about SEMrush, uh, SEMrush is a marketing platform that helps you with your online visibility. And to put it in simple, actionable terms, it basically helps you to drive your SEO, content management, market research. There are like 50 plus tools and I help market them uh, to the right people. Wow, that's that's great. But where did you start from? Because 14 years, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a good number, you know, and a lot of experience that this number comes from so where did you start how did how did this happen yeah no it started yeah back in 2008 or 9 and it was basically my internship and uh, i joined uh i joined the business incubator which was focused on it startups and this is when i got to know you know these people who spoke unknown terms to me and i was fascinated i could hardly understand anything they told about that they spoke about but i was so so charmed and uh, intrigued i would say and this is where i decided okay this is where i want to set uh, hmm. my future and uh, never regretted it since then so it all began with it startups and all this you know crazy in the best wow. way of it crazy people <laughs> who wanted to conquer the world wow that's great because um Coming to it only directly, I would just wanted to understand that, okay, so Semrush is also into the B2B space, right? And because this show now is all about it, I would just like to jump into it and ask you that. So being in this B2B space, studying about it a bit, I understood that, you know, a lot of it goes into marketing this space and it's not easy because it's not a consumer brand or something that, you know, you can just uh, very well market their products or something. It's a, it's a proper B2B space. It's, it's tough. So we just understood the dynamics and everything and found out that video marketing is something that's actually you know very in at the same time working nicely but you being in this space for so many years now we would love to know from you that what what are your thoughts on video marketing for b2b brands and like how, how effective is it exactly yeah so i think the first principle that i realized is that b2b marketing should be like b2c marketing because at the end of the day, you always market to real people. You never, so mm. of course your target audience may be a certain brand name, certain company, especially if we talk about account-based marketing. But at the end of the day, there is a very real person on the other side 
and you need to market to them. So my first principle is I do not consider B2B any different from B2C. The key in terms of like the nature of communication, it's always communicating to real people, their pains and helping them find the right solutions for their very personal pains and help them elevate their career and uh, uh, reach their goals. And uh, another thing here, and this is the key difference between B2B and B2C, is that within B2B, there are way more people involved in the decision-making. So in B2C, you market to the end consumer, and it is likely to be the only person who makes the decision. In B2B, you're going to market to a very real person, but imagine that this person will need to talk to so many others. So it's slightly more complex decision-making about the purchase. So these are, I would say, two guiding principles uh, in B2B marketing for me. Wow, that's that's true. So I think so when we when we're talking about video marketing, I also realized that because we are sort of in that space that we're catering to, um, you know, brands that would uh, that are in the B2B space and would love to have podcast as a medium to, you know, express their thoughts, build some new conversations, because, you know, conversations these days are getting so exhaustive on social medias and on platforms. Social media is just an example of it. But uh, because the post, everything is becoming so over salesy that I think so podcasts are like a new way of generating or like adding sort of a fuel to market your pod, uh, market your brand, market your ideology. So I think so in that space itself, once a podcast is built, because these days video podcasts are also very in, considering that YouTube has come into this space now. So um, I think so building videos through it is one way. But at the same time now, what do you think are the types of videos that would really work for B2B brands? And, and how do you select them? Like the format, the styling, the length, how do you choose that? Yeah, so first and foremost, you already touched upon a very important factor. And it is that everyone is done with sales content. So no one True. wants to be sold of anything. And this is also like one of the key principles. So whenever you create content, don't think about the sales, think about how you can help people. And obviously at the end of the day, your target is generate revenue, but in order to generate this revenue, first and foremost, you need to understand, okay, so what, what are the pain points that I help people to get rid of and uh, uh so you you your question is about okay so how do we define like the format of the content so first our content should be more educational rather than salesy so that's the first mm. principle and uh, depending on the stage of the customer journey it may be either uh more lengthy content in full detail about like okay this is what you can do and it will be like you know uh, yeah, a university, how to guide in the best sense of it. But if we talk about at the top of the funnel, then here the market is target is to grab attention and show the value of the product as quick as possible. And so what really works for us is like snapshot videos. <laughs> this is what I would call them, uh, which is like 15 second uh, videos maximum that give like the essence of the value of the product. And uh, this is when you educate people about the value that it, 
they can get. And after that, they may be remarketed with more lengthy video formats. Right. Right, actually, because uh, that, that that was one good one because uh, it gave me some ideas to to how to, you know, really go even more deeper into the video space. But uh, talking about these only, I think so reels and all that, these short format videos are really working because the concentration level of people, the audience that you might be targeting to is like so short term nowadays that we would always suggest that, you know, keep your videos between either if they are like a really small and you can package it well, keep it between 60 seconds to like a two minute or something, because that's exactly how much span people have these days. They might not even look at your full video. They'll just scroll, scroll through it, might not even put the audio. So subtitles and all that is also very important. So I think so the right formatting is something that is needed. But now coming to one of my favorite questions that I wanted to ask you was that, you know, you must have been part of some good, great campaigns and might have some experience that would speak or, uh, you know, just wanted to know about any or every example that you can give me about how you handled a marketing campaign for, for these B2B brands and what strategies did you use to really work through it? Our key strategy has been showing value but one of the uh i would say specifics uh, historically for b2b marketing has been the fact that b2b marketers are very often focused heavily focused on features and when you find yourself on any b2b landing page it speaks volume about the technicalities of the product and integrations and after like scrolling for a couple of seconds, you're like, okay, but what do you guys do? <laughs> and uh, because like you said, attention span is so short. So you should be able to, to explain your value, not features, but value to the customer as soon as possible. Um, so this is uh, what we've done with our recent campaigns. So instead of focusing on feature, based content uh, we focused on the value selling content so we talked about general so uh, general values that our, our platform brings and this is generate more revenue generate more sales elevate your visibility online help you drive uh, better business if we talk about small and medium business because hey if you run a bakery you don't want to know all the SEO features that our platform has. Instead, you want to understand, okay, if I use SEMrush, what will happen to me? And it will uh, be that, okay, you're going to be visible on local maps and this will drive more traffic to your bakery. So I would say very simple, um, very simple and very much uh, value focused and it has been a tremendous change for us so uh, we were able to expand our top of the funnel and so um, you probably have seen there have been many discussions about should you are you able to create demand or should you be focusing on capturing demand so mm. i would say that value-based content helped us actually create new demand because we were able to capture those businesses who might have not considered using new tools for their business. But we explained that, hey, online marketing can be easy and you can do this. And this is what changed the game for us. 
So would you like sort of agree that um, I guess keeping your values, keeping your ideology forward actually makes a difference or makes you just stand out because, um, you know, there may be many competitors of yours who are into the same space. But at the same time, if your ideology or of what you exactly stand for is a bit different, that actually makes you stand apart. Oh, 100%. No, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for raising it. This is like a terrific point to make. 100%. And hey, it is 2023. There, are, there is plenty of IT companies and they do yeah. very similar stuff. And at the end of the day, you simply don't have time. And honestly, you don't want to spend real time and effort into understanding, okay, does this feature is better on this or this or this product? And there is like tens of products. And mm. uh, at the end of the day, you also want to choose a brand that speaks very similar tone and, uh, you know, voice uh, that, that is relevant, that is resonating with you. So, yeah, you definitely need to impersonate certain values and present certain ideology that will be, you know, natural in a way for your audience. And this will definitely help you stand out in a crowd of other solutions. Mm. But what is the stage, a very small question into it, that what is the stage when... Uh, somebody can actually realize that his or her brand is not really pulling out something new or something that could make a difference because you know many people after establishing a brand understand that for example startups you know might not get it when they're starting out but they might get it in between while they've established everything made certain things according to their uh, ideology their vision and mission everything but then they might have understood from the customer feedback or from certain uh, uh, certain places that you know no this was not working out so what what time ideally should it be and is is there a way for people to you know come back from it and then again start from scratch how do they handle such a situation once they're already oh, on their way <laughs> yeah well that's a question <laughs> that's a good one so i i wish i could say that okay you need to wait a very definite amount of months and then drive the solution um drive the conclusion unfortunately there is no set period for every company every company is very different depending on its stage uh, on its uh, growing um, speed and so on and so forth but mm. what i can tell for sure is that regardless of your ongoing success you need to to always be on track and to always stay connected with your customer so it means that okay you establish something and you see it's working but it does not mean that it's going to work forever. And uh, this is where you need to listen uh, to your customer, to stay in touch through social media. And before, you know, your sales, uh, draw, uh, your, your sales uh, numbers drop, you need to be ahead of the game. So uh, let me rephrase your question. So instead of realizing after that, hey, I'm failing, <laughs> you need to prevent it. And to prevent this, and it does sound salesy, but I would definitely recommend using SEMrush or other market research tools to monitor what's happening in the market so that you don't need to realize like years after, oh, wow, my strategy or my ideology is failing. You mm -hmm. will see that, okay, my competition is getting stronger. My traffic and my social mentions are going negative. So it means I lost, <laughs> I'm losing it. Uh, and this will help you again to avoid this situation of, okay, now I failed, what should I do? 
Wow. So you know that uh, uh, an experienced marketer is in conversation with you when you know that they can bring their product or their ideology anywhere. So lovely, lovely. That was that was really smart. But at the same time now, I would love to know some, you know, there must have been a challenging situation because not always this happens that you are in abundance of a budget and that everything is going right. So sometimes it might have happened that there is a budget constraint, but you cannot let it affect your marketing performance, right? So how did you, uh, how did you plan out your strategy in a way that you know you could you could avoid these constraints and still come out of it, come out of that challenging situation? Ever happened to you? Oh, yes, 100%. Uh, there have been at least three crises, <laughs> three oh. crises uh, while I have been working. So um, I have, I think, probably an unpopular opinion uh, that I consider budget constraints to be a good thing because okay. it's always like a fresh start. It's always like, okay, I need to uh, reboot the whole game and I mm -hmm. need to... Uh, to do the audit, I need to reassess everything that I've been doing. And this is where you need to decompose all your efforts and then go through every single activi activity that you do very, diligent very diligently. And to give you an example, uh, once we've done uh, the audit, uh, that also, it didn't go uh, from budget constraint, but the purpose of it was okay to realize, uh, to analyze what we're doing well, what we're, uh, what we're doing not so well. And so after we've done it, we realized that, okay, about 80% of our content assets can be switched off and we won't suffer anything just because oh. uh, we have been, you know, running so fast and launching so many campaigns that at some point, some of them were, you know, were not performing that well. But we didn't have time, you know, to pause and actually pay attention to that. We were running. And uh, this is so when you say when someone says, OK, your budgets are going uh, to be reduced, consider it to be a moment of pausing and reassessing everything that you, uh, that, that you do. And uh, the second step will be when you're going to do this analysis, connect your marketing KPIs to business KPIs. This is super essential uh, because. Mm -hmm many marketers still function in this framework where when they measure their activities by number of registrations, number of trials, marketing qualified leads, sales qualified leads, but it does not give an idea whether they generate real money and real revenue. So connect any marketing KPI to business revenue and reassess everything that you do from revenue perspective so that's point number uh, two and point number three is if you have have not done it yet make sure to reassess everything using multi-channel attribution because very often marketers tend to use most often uh last click uh conversion and it's very one-sided uh picture i would say right because it analyzes the uh, bottom of the funnel but it but it gives you zero idea about top, top of the funnel activities. So implement multi-channel attribution and you will see a completely different picture. And again, very often while scaling, it's hard to scale and optimize at the same time. It's usually either one thing or another. So with budget reduction, you finally have an opportunity to, again, pause, reassess, connect with the revenue, optimize based on multi-channel attribution.
Wow. That's that's actually some good advice because uh, I've seen brands just because of their lavish marketing campaigns really sort of go down the drain with with a certain idea that they might have for that period of time. And then they just try to, instead of doing anything else, so like really scaling, they try to push themselves back up to where they were before and uh, stuff like that. So, so, so really great, glad that you brought that point up and at the same time just wanted to understand that once we're talking about scaling itself how to uh, it's a very I guess let's say simple question but at the same time how do marketeers in a team of uh, of a brand let's say Samrish itself how do they ensure cost effectiveness while building a campaign yes I love this question so first uh, it's always uh, putting benchmarks um, and uh, for any new campaign that we are launching, we always have a benchmark uh, about the efficiency rate. And it means how much dollar amount should we invest uh, mm -hmm. to get back a certain revenue back. So uh, the efficiency rate is our uh, usual benchmark for any campaign activity. Uh, so that's uh, point number one. Uh, point number two, um, obviously CAC, but CAC uh, should be put in the context, meaning, I'll give you an example. Uh, so you may run um, a campaign with very low CAC and you may want to scale it, but why don't you go and check the refund rate uh, from, uh, from uh, this particular campaign? And you may notice that the refund rate is very high or the refund rate is okay, but overall LTV number is quite low. So um, you need to understand your preferable CAC, your preferable refund rate and your preferable LTV. So analyzing all these uh, KPIs all together, uh, it will also give you a very good understanding of how efficient you are when it comes to costs. And my third uh, recommendation will be uh, more of a general level. And this is don't jump to conclusions because again, very often uh, marketers are like, oh God, look at this, CC is so low or look at this, LTV is so high, let's invest more. But there is mm. always bigger context to that. And uh, uh, once you understand that, well, marketing can be sometimes simple, but when it comes to analysis, you better crunch some numbers and mm -hmm. dig into more detail before jumping uh, to any immediate conclusions. Hmm. But now, um, since we are on our last, last pedestal, I just, just wanted to understand that all of this is fine, but there is some need of measuring all of this and what exactly is happening, right? So how do you really measure the, um, let's say, effectiveness or um, or just the ROI of these B2B uh, campaigns or video marketing campaign, let's say, because, um, you know, if we specifically come to that, how do you really measure uh, the analytics and ROI on these uh, videos on, on uh, making a video marketing campaign? Yeah, yeah. So uh, other than uh, cost... Um... Uh, cost efficiency analysis, the efficiency rate analysis that I already mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. We also, again, uh, take into account CAC, LTV, um, then obviously a, a return on ad spend. And this is mm -hmm. uh, also uh, one of the favorite metrics in terms of uh, what you actually take into account when analyzing your investment. So do you mm -hmm. put only the advertising spend or do you add all the 
human resources costs to that. Because very often when analyzing campaigns, many campaigns may be very ROI uh, effective, mm-hmm. but then you realize that it took a village to create these campaigns when it comes to creative uh, team and content writers, you know, and campaign managers. And then ROI is much less uh, impressive. Uh, So when it comes to ROI, you also need to uh, take into account human resources costs because very often marketers analyze only advertising costs and it doesn't give the full picture because for large scale campaigns, there was usually a village who creates it, right? So there are like creative uh, people, designers, video producers, content managers, campaign managers. So when you analyze the campaign effectiveness, it's also essential to take into account all these costs being associated with the campaign. Other than that, In addition to business uh, KPIs, which I uh, just mentioned, we obviously keep track of number of registrations, number of trials, Mm. uh, general number of visits to our page. And for every KPI, we always have a benchmark. And uh, it's also one of uh, one of the key things I would say every marketer needs to keep in mind is that the number itself in isolation means nothing. So when you say that, okay, CAC is that, it doesn't give me any context. So you always need to have a benchmark to compare against. And so uh, first analyze your previous efforts, create the benchmarks, then set the targets based on these benchmarks. And then you will have the full picture from registration to the, to the revenue that you're going to generate. Right. And if we have to just measure a very simple thing, something like a video marketing campaign, would all of this still go into it? Or is it some other sort of metrics that goes into that? Oh, the, uh, this is a great question. Uh, okay, so in the, so first, obviously, we're going to analyze video campaigns from business revenue as well. Uh, hmm. And just so you know, we even analyze, okay, this particular video contributed this much to the revenue generated. So we always connect the dots. But Mm. for certain video formats or content formats, we also have different types of KPIs like uh, video rate, engagement rate. So uh, in other words, we want to understand if this content resonated with our Mm. audience or not. Right. That's that's great. And uh, very sadly, we have like sort of just come to an end. But uh, any any last words or piece of advice to all these marketers? Because even I am starting out into this, it seems like a puzzle. But at the same time, it marketing is fun. Like you can actually not expect the next step that either you're going to take or your brand might take. And, you know, you land in a certain situation or a puddle. So any words of advice from your side? Yeah, I would say enjoy it. Enjoy it to the full because <laughs> marketing is the only area where, where you can actually try so many things and get results as soon as possible. Like, mm. okay, you can go and test and run and then, you know, rebuild everything, like rebuild yeah. the plane while it's flying. Uh, mm. So imagine that any crisis or any downward trend is temporary and consider it to be an adventure and a time for experiments. Uh, So go and enjoy experiments that we can all uh, do right now. 
that's that's actually great i mean very simple but at the same time very very true because that that's exactly how i can explain my experience of getting into this so 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 great to have you olga and uh, loved having you here plus um so thank you so much for coming to lights camera b2b and sharing such great insights wish we have more such conversations and our audience can hear you more in the future itself thank you thank you thank you very much muskan